Welcome to Jewish History with Rabbi David Katz, connecting the human side to Jewish history. For sponsorship opportunities or to support this podcast, please visit our donate page at www.support.rabbidavidkatz.com. Okay, so now it's Wednesday night, trying to, as I say, clear my deck, you know, all the back stuff. Uh, I want to take a look at the Pasha today, Kisisa, of course, uh, which is being sponsored by uh, Mrs. Redder, the Redders, and uh, the Bones, I should say, in honor of her father, Miss Lani Redder, uh, Yako, Mr. Jack Boom, as, as I knew him. I think everybody in town. Uh, I had the pleasure of sitting next to him and kibitzing with him for years, many years. We both stopped in the dinner with this show for a while, though before that he was one of the founders of Stern Hills here in Baltimore. And uh, uh, we had a very good relationship, <laughs> relationship. He told me a lot of things about him and vice versa. And uh, he's a wonderful person. I'll just tell you this. I don't know if I ever mentioned it. He told me once that he, you know, he was in the Holocaust, you know, him and his wife uh, from Hungary. And when he came here to Baltimore after the war, somebody wanted to set him up in a business to get in some kind of grocery store or a market of some sort or another. How a Jewish guy, you know, as a as a friend, but you know, they didn't have honest weights and measures. I'm sorry to say. And he said, "How can you do that?" And the guy said, "Well, you know, here it's different. All the rest." He said, "Not me. Count me out." And he gave up a lucrative situation uh, for that, and which, of course, is nothing but the right thing to do. And in the end, today it's a, it's, it's it's an empire. It's a, you know it's a, what do you call it? Seven Mile Market here in Baltimore. It's a big uh, place, and those Jerusalem blessed him with with success. But uh, you know, <laughs> imagine some people don't care about things that are straight in the Torah. I didn't ask him if the guy who offered him was, you know, orthodox or not. Um, but I think the answer is he was. But whatever the case is, uh, he was a very fine person and very real, you know, not uh, none of the baloney. So, um, so therefore, I, I myself pay tribute to his memory. He was a very, very good, very, very good person and a friend of mine, even though he's a much older than myself. Uh, now, uh, Kisisa is, of course... Very complicated. You have the whole story of the Golden Cave Police. You have a lot more. And the story of the Giggle Azov is itself kind of complicated. If you take the trouble to read the Basukim, things are out of order. You have to be supplemented with what you read in Devarim. Um, it's the opposite of clear, the system of 40-40-40 that emerges after all the rabbinic stuff is put together that I've said 10,000 times. Just hold in mind 40-40-40. Uh, the Ten Commandments were pronounced on Shavuos. It's in Yisro. Forty days, Moshe was up in the mountain getting the first tablets. In our parsha today, in saw he comes down with the Luchas Rishonas, excuse me, with the first tablets. As you and I know, by then, the people had made an eagle as all. He smashes the tablets, uh, and, you know, he reproves the people and so forth, destroys the eagle. Then he scoots right back up the mountain for another 40 days, and nights to daven that God shouldn't kill everybody. That's how we understand it. So that so forty days 
after Shavuos gives you Shavuos of Batamas. And then he goes 40 days after that, davening, you know, like we have in this week's parasha, don't kill the Jews. And finally, at the end of all that davening, Hashem said, okay, I won't kill the Jews. Uh, but I won't give him another tablets. And um, and then he goes up, Moshe goes up a third time, 40. So that would send you, uh, the second 40 days ended with uh, the month of Av. So the third set of 40 days will put you in, t- uh, in, in culminate in Yom Kippur, and that's when they get the Luchoshniyas. Uh, all this is supposed to be understood in this parsha, but it's very unclear. The Ramban and the others are all going to, and you have to coordinate it with what it says in Dvarim Vueschanan and all that kind of business. Um, so the Midrashim are all over the place. They're very fascinating. I always like to do the Medrash Rabba on um, Prashat Kisisa because it's very rich material. Uh, I use it a lot for, you know, Sheva Brachas, things like that, but by Yikichaloso, Ladaberito, Kichaloso, like a Chasankala. It's all kind of stuff over there. But today I would draw attention. No, as I'm picking from an embarrassment of riches, as they call it. There's a ton of good stuff out there, but it's some. A lot of it's confusing, it's unclear, and it's thought provoking. And I'm going to just pick one of uh, many, and that is all the way at the end of the parsha, um, where it says, you know, it's by Shvi or something, where at you know, it, it it it's a strange account because it talks about the Ten Commandments, and then. Uh, you know, you have the dramatic scene where Moshe says, uh, show me your face and let me see how you operate. Correct? And, you know, uh, because I see that you're actually willing to forgive the Jews, which kind of shocked me. And Hashem says, you cannot see my face. The most you can do is see it in my back, as I think everybody knows. Okay? First he says, And then he says, You know, which the Rambam goes in the great Arikas in the Morning Bukham, but I did that, I remember, early years on podcasts. I'm not going to talk about it. Uh, and then after that, it says, make a second tablet. Make a second copy of the Luchos. Uh, I, God, will write on it. I'll write the Ten Commandments down, uh, but you have to carve out the two tablets. The first time, God took care of all that, but the second time, Moshe has to do part of it which shows you second tablets are a lesser degree because Hashem was angry. Okay, fine. And Moshe carved them out by Yifsol Shnei Luchos, Avonim Kurishonim, etc., etc., etc. Okay? Now, um, sounds like he got the second tablets. All right? However, it's, it's, it's not so simple because then Hashem gives him like a speech. And so on and so forth. And be sure to keep the following things. Don't make peace with the uh, with the Canaanites, and don't um, you know follow their religion and their and their idols. And don't intermarry with them. Keep the shalosh regalim. It's like a strange popery. Uh, don't forget to keep Shabbos. Um, and then, and this is the part I want to do. But Write all these things down. Write what down? Based on these words, that's how I made a covenant with you in Israel. What covenant? Right? I mean, look, what exactly are you talking about? Now, he did before say, but he doesn't clarify what what it means. Uh, 
So you have Rashi and Ramban. Everybody's all over the place on this. You know, is he renewing the identical thing on the first tablets? Is it a second covenant? Is it a Tanai that I'll give you the second tablets, but only in condition that you promise to keep certain conditions? So um, the Ramban, Taka says that, you know, Tzarech Sheyifto Sev Abris, Kasher also Bishonu Kikol, all the the ceremonial that you went through with the first luchos, which are told in detail in Parshish, you got to do now, and uh, and you know because you 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 messed up the first bris by making a golden ta- a, a, a golden calf. Fine, let that be. But is there, what's the essential difference? That's what I'm concentrating between the first tablets and the second. Ramban just said they're the same. Uh, Maybe, maybe not. I'm looking at Medeshrab over here. I always remember, it's very, very interesting. And the Chazal liked to portray Moshe Rabbeinu as uh, having a hard time learning Kol Torah Kula in 40 days. So that's sort of like the idea of uh, a student being uh, you know, overloaded. I mean, Kol HaTorah Kula, uh, Nigla Nister, for example, in 40 days. And... I remember it says El Moshe. It's also in this week's parsha, the the uh, the medrash. El Moshe that Moshe, <coughs> excuse me, that Moshe said, "Listen, I'm trying my best to understand all this material, and it's too much. Right? I can't handle it. It's too much. It's overload. Here it is. El Moshe. I'm reading from the Chazal, not me." This is the first, the first tablets. When Moshe was up there 40 days and 40 nights, he learned, but he forgot, because it's too much. What am I supposed to do? So let's put it this way. We don't necessarily think, I'm telling you something interesting now. In the Jewish religion, we do not hold as a matter of faith, that Moses was the smartest guy that ever lived. He was the chosen messenger of Hashem. So for that reason, he had a higher understanding of Hashem, and a higher nevuah, as we would say today, and that's beyond anybody else. Well, except maybe the Balatani or something, you know, whatever, you know, with the Arizal and so forth. But basically speaking, that's, you know, Moshe was in a class of his own. But let me ask you the following question. Who had a bigger IQ? Moshe Rabbeinu or Einstein? I don't know. It could be Einstein. Notice there's nothing. Trafin saying it. We don't say Moshe was chosen because he had the biggest IQ. We say Moshe was chosen for his, his qualities of character. So here Hashem is teaching him the whole Torah. And according to Rabbi Avo, who's a, a Mora, he was forgetting. Okay? Uh, I've been here 40 days and 40 nights. I forgot everything. Right? Uh, which is just interesting because we've had Gedolim that have fly trap memories. So what did Hashem do? Hashem said, I'm going to go, Shazam, I'm God, I can do anything. And I plant it on your mind. So notice Moshe ends up getting the Torah not through Yigiyah. It's maybe as a result of the Yigiyah, but not through the Yigiyah. Get it? No, it's not that he plugged away and expanded his mind like someone would perhaps do today. And because of because of 
the fact you keep applying yourself and you learn day and night, night and day, um, so you reward it. I mean, in other words, so the natural way is that you pick up a lot of information. A smart person with a good IQ and all that kind of stuff will we'll, we'll just, if, if he really applies himself, we'll, we'll, we'll learn a Bavel. Uh, that's not what happened with Moshe. He did all that and it didn't work. Um, but there are students like that now. So, because he was Moshe Rabbeinu, as I say, for the qualities of his character, because he threw himself into it, so Hashem just went, boom, shazam. And he and he knew it. So notice, at the end of the day, you know, it was, you got to Matsasa, but not the way we usually understand it. You know, he did struggle to, to get it, but he got it as a matana. And that's why I said, Vayitin el, 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 el Moshe. Um, it goes on, by the way, just to finish this up. He called Torah Lomad Moshe. How could he learn the whole Torah? It's, in, it's infinite. But Klolim Lomad, he, ta- he taught him to Klolim, but we'll leave that alone for now. I've done that in other years. Kichaloso. So, that's just very interesting. Here we are now, um, 80 days later, I guess, that Moshe got the whole Torah. He knew it all. <coughs> he had the two Luchos, which may or may not have contained the whole Torah. That depends how you learn that. But he broke them, and then eighty days later, he's gonna he's gonna get it again. So he went up there. Um, let's put it this way, and he gave it gave it his all. And it must have been very painful, very frustrating for students even today. You work, you work, you work, and it, as gatenished. Not everybody's so smart. And the matter says something extraordinary. In Tehillim, it says, Tov li ki unesi l'man el madchu kecha. You know, in chapter 119, the Psalm 119, we have alf, 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 beis, 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 gimel, 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 you know. Tov li ki unesi l'man el madchu kecha. It's a good thing that I was uh, suffering from the word inoy, so I can learn your laws. So the regular way to learn it is if you, you, that, you know, you don't acquire Torah except on him, ki meimis ba'ohel, and you got to really make it painful, you know, you have to, it's a struggle. Okay, that's fine. But um, what happened over here? So it says that Moshe really, you know, if, if he wasn't able to get it, it wasn't because he didn't try. He said, Moshe modi the Torah shachach v'loachavloshasa. That he was forgetting, maybe forgot to even eat. Bikish lishan, and when he wanted to sleep over 40 days and 40 nights, I'm afraid to sleep. All this time is valuable. I don't want to lose any of the information. All I had is 40 days. And as you and I just saw, at least from the other matters, now it doesn't have to be that the Midrashim agree, but it's interesting that these are all Medish Rabbah in the same parsha. Um, so it says, after 40 days, I'm a Kodesh Baruch Hu. I see you really... Cause yourself a lot of tsar, meaning I'm saying that in a praiseworthy way. I see you really struggled to get some mastery of the Torah. That's very good. I'll make sure you don't lose out on this. Why? Because, now listen to this very closely. The first tablets, <coughs> the first Matan Torah was of one nature. The second Matan Torah is going to be of a different nature. Okay? The first Luchas only had the Ten Commandments. 
and he knows midrash But because you were mitzayir yourself to try to learn so much, and may I say also to intervene to save the Jewish people, so I'm going to give you another present, which is more than was in the first uh, luchos, and the second luchos he says will include halachos midrashah vagados. No, there's a Toshua pest stuff. Okay? Which is crazy. It sounds like it wasn't there in the first round. And he has Psukim to back it up. Kacham HaKadosh Baruch that we're talking about at the beginning of Shvi, he says, Ksav L'chos Ki Alpi HaDvorim Mo'ila Korati Yitcha Bris Yisrael. The words are not that hard, but they're not, they, they admit of several interpretations. Ksav L'chos HaDvorim Mo'ila means I want you to write these Words now, but we don't know what words he's referring to. Rashi says one thing, Ramban says another, Chizkuni says another. Based on these dvarim, I, I made a covenant with you for the second tablets. Is he referring to a new set of conditions? Is he referring to information? According to this, uh, he's referring to what you and I call the Torah Shabbat Peh. Listen to this. Okay? So Moshe got a lot more with the second Luchos than he got with the first, which is just interesting because usually you don't hear that. Okay? Usually we would say the second Luchos was like, you know, um, what's the right word? Uh, consolation prize or something like that. It wasn't as good as the first ones. After all, the first ones were diamonds, the second ones were stone, first ones were carved by God, and the second ones were carved by man. You know, they're inferior. Uh, but not according to this. He says the second one's included what you and I would call the Torah Shabbat Peh, um, which is just remarkable. <coughs> this is the basis, I think, for all these statements that you find in the Agadotah that uh, the whole Tanakh and things like this were contained in the Torah. For example, there's such an opinion in the Yerushalmi, yesterday being Purim, that Megil Sester is was given to Moshe Rabbeinu. I, why didn't you write it down? You're not supposed to write it down. You know, these are all broad themes that you find many times. And what it indicates is that just as there had been plan A, which had to be followed by plan B, Rabbanu Shalom had plan A, which was they should get the Ten Commandments and they should go right to Israel and everybody live happily ever after. <clears throat> but once they made the golden calf, as you know, we had to move to plan B. Similarly, the, in the content of the Torah itself, <coughs> plan A seems to have been just Aser Sadibris, without the Torah Shabbat, or without the full business of the Torah Shabbat, just like Reis, maybe with a small portion of it, I don't know, right? But Luchas Rishonus Lahoyu El Aser Sadibris Bilvad. You uh, scholars out there, listen, you'll look, you'll, you'll look this up. It's in uh, in Parsha Mem Zion, Simon Zion, in Kisisa, the Man of Travel. But I know what I'm saying the Luchas Rishonos was only Ten Commandments. The second Luchas was Halochas Midrashas Vagados. The only way it makes sense to me is the following. Um, the original plan, this is as I understand it. The original plan was that the Torah should be so so elaborated. You have the Torah Shabbat plus a little bit more. And when they get to Israel, little by little, over the course of time, the understanding of the people would evolve. Maybe Hashem would give them more prophecies in small doses as time went by. 
theoretically, they would have gone right to Israel, built a base of Migdash, you know, set up a model society, and then, you know, uh, pieces of the Torah would be added, you know, lot, lot. However, when you saw it, there was a basic failure of the popular imagination when they made an Eglazov, and this clearly was connected, again, today's Shushan Purim, or the end of Shushan Purim, this clearly was connected to Kafam Harkagigis, that the entire Kabbalah Torah had issues. People didn't want all this stuff. And it was forced on them. As in Modar Rabla And so, you know, they're very sullen. They're, 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 they're accepting because they got no choice. Literally, they have no choice. And, uh, you know, it, that leads to a minimalistic understanding of Kabbalah Torah. You know, like, tell me what I need to do. See the language I just used? In order to satisfy you, God, just tell me what I need to do. God of Dom three times a day? Okay. Then get out of my hair. The rest of the day is mine. You know, that that kind of attitude. You see? Gotta keep Shabbos? Doggone it? Okay, gotta keep Shabbos. You know, what a bummer. Eh, that's Modal Rabbal Arisa. Uh, so, it wouldn't have all that. And and by the way, that was before the tablets were given, correct? No, that's in Yisrael. By Yisrael and all the rest of it, when they said Nasim and Ishma, that's, uh, you know, Kofa Maharka Gigas. So, then comes out, eventually, that 40 days and 40 nights later, Moshe comes down with the Luchas Rishonas. So don't be surprised when people are borching and say, we were forced into this, we didn't want to do this, now we're going to get punished when we make idols. Heck with the whole business. Let's knit in the Rosh Hashuvah Mitzrayim. You know what I mean? They made an Eglah Azov. But when you get to Luchas Shnias, people are in a different mood. They said, we better get our act together because otherwise we're going to get destroyed in the desert. Now again, it's not great. It's not Shuvah Me'av, it's Shuvah Me'ira because they're afraid of being left alone to die in the desert. Okay, I get that. But Moshe, uh, who is the one who's working overnight, overtime, to help help the people not get killed. So um, Moshe now, uh, it doesn't suffice for him to have the Luchash Rishonis, the smaller version of the Torah, and allow time to go by so for people to understand the Torah as it evolves uh, chronologically. And as time goes by in the new land of Israel, when this issue will pop up, they'll add this <coughs> understanding of the Torah, and that issue pops up. Because you understand, for a firm person, as history goes by, many people don't understand this. Um, it's a learning experience. Let's put it this way. You and I have learned things from the Holocaust, which our ancestors cannot imagine. Okay? Even if they were bigger scholars than we are. Uh, you know, from experience, you, you learn things. And I'm talking about the Am Yisrael as well as individuals. Uh, but, but, you know, let's put it this way. You can't... It was demonstrated by the Golden Calf that there wasn't a luxury to let the people just move to Israel, settle down, and let things evolve over time till they, their understanding matures and they get better and better slowly but surely. Instead, Moshe Rabbeinu himself, at least, had to be shown the whole doggone future of Kal Yisrael. Because that's what it means. When he said the Torah Shavah he says, Halachos, Midrashos, Hagados, Halachos, Midrashos, Hagados, 
That includes the future. You get it? That's a very expansive understanding of Moshe Rabbeinu getting the Torah. Dor dor v'doshav. Kol Masha Talmud Osik l'chadesh, kvar ha'yidu Moshe. Moshe had to see the long term so that he would have uh, the mental ability, the psychological, you know, gumption uh, to lead this stubborn and rebellious people through even 40 years with complaints and all the rest of it because at least he sees the future. And he sees sooner or later, you know, the Mashiach will come, as we would say today. Now, I'm sure it was depressing because you and I know from retrospect that Moshe Rabbeinu was 3,000 years ago. So obviously he saw the future and certainly for 3,000 years nothing would change basically in Klal Yisrael. I mean, the Mashiach ain't here. You know, now if it comes tomorrow, you say it's 3,000 years or it takes longer to be longer. But he saw all this with the second Luchos. And because he knew the future, he knew it's a happy ending. There's a lot of junk on the way and it's unfortunate we have to go through so much, you know, suffering and things like that, uh, you know, on, on the way, and there are generations uh, like uh, like Jack Bohm, you know, whose who memory we're talking today, who had the misfortune of being in Central Europe during the Holocaust, you know what I mean? Uh, that's part of the uh, historical odyssey experience that the Claudius Roll is going to have to go to. Moshe already knew it. You understand? And therefore, when he gives over the Torah, as he does, he does so armed with this knowledge. Uh, that he already has ksav lecha Torah neviim ksum shuy b'ksav, and halachos v'agados midrashos v'atalmud yu alpeh. He knows that there's a whole long future, but he obviously didn't share it with everybody. The notice he saw Purim, you know what I mean, and he saw Shmuel Alf and Shmuel Beis and all that sort of thing. I don't know if he saw it verbatim or he saw the the events dor dor v'darsha as Chazal say. Uh, but this knowledge at least shows you, okay, uh, I know the end. It's like if you cheat in a, in a mystery book, you know, and you say, let me read the end first. Some people like that, you know, nothing like that. They don't go through all the emotional roller coaster. Get it? Oh, I looked in the back page. At least my favorite hero is alive. Okay, now I'm willing to, to, to go through the whole ups and downs of the detective story or whatever it is, or a movie or whatever, you know what I mean? Not everybody wants the the... the What's the right word? Psychological terror, the hubris, not the hubris, the catharsis of, you know, going through all the emotional ups and downs over there. And Moshe Rabbeinu didn't want it. Well, let's put it this way. It was too heavy. He had to see the whole thing and know, you know, after all said and done and after all the Hitlers and all the Inquisitions and all the Cossacks and all the junk, the Klaistro will still be there. You know, maybe they'll be a little bit battered and bruised, but they'll still be there. And so, okay, in that case... I, Moshe, will undertake the task of sharing with them as, as best as I can, uh, you know, my task set to me by God, which is to teach the, the, the Torah to the Klai Yisrael. But this difference between the first Luchos and the second Luchos, with the second Luchos being uh, more full, is portrayed over here um, as a as a result of his Tsar. So the Pashib shot to read that is as a reward for his Yigiyah. But I would also suggest that it's also Nitzta Artov um, that you have the Tsar of uh, having to lead the Jewish people. And, and right now, at this point, they just went through the Egel Azov. And you know what a bummer that was. 
And so um, it's, 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 you need, in order to have the, the mental stability to lead all these Jews, that's a hard job. You need at least to have the knowledge of the Torah Shalopah, including the knowledge of the future, and that the Torah can cover all the different situations in order to have the ability or the confidence to lead the people to their ultimate destiny, at least the best he could, right? The next 40 years. So it's a very interesting uh, medrash. Uh, I think that's the shot. Somebody else has a different shot, but take a look at that because it's most unusual. Uh, we have an evolutionary description of Matan Torah. There was the Lucas Rishonas, which had A, but then there's Lucas Rishnios, which have more than A. So obviously you see that Hashem operated on plan A, but then had to switch to plan B. Kachner uh, Ali, once again, I want to thank the Redder family and the uh, Boom family for uh, sponsoring today, as I say, and I'm, I'm very happy to do so uh, in memory of somebody that I remember very fondly and uh, was a real credit to Baltimore. So with that, I wish you all a good week. For sponsorship opportunities or to support this podcast, please visit our donate page at www.support.rabbidovidkatz.com.